You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Well, getting into this game, we knew that it was going to be a good game right off the bat, especially um, coming in. You know, the Leaves had a little bit of, uh, you know, something against the Lightning, a little bit of something to prove, especially with the way that the Lightning knocked them out last season and just the continuation of, you know, this, this idea and this conversation of like, oh, the Leaves can never, like, make it that far in the playoffs, and the Lightning knocked them out last year. And so it yeah. just – you knew that it was going to be a really fun, uh, a really, you know, high-energy, high-impact game. And that's exactly what we got, Casey. Um, it was it was really great to see, you know, an, a, a guy like Austin Matthews go up against, you know, Steven Stamkos, um, you know, a guy that's one of the best – in the league right now uh, in Matthews against the guy that has been, you know, one of the best in the league for, for a a while, for a a long span of time. Um, Mm -hmm. So really cool to see that. And then again, to have Sorelli back, you have so many exciting things going on. And if you're looking at this game from the outside, maybe, maybe it feels like it got off to a slow start. But it actually was, you know, nobody scored in the first, mm-hmm. but there, there was a lot of, you know, I think whenever you have two very talented teams facing off against each other, a lot of times you're going to get that you're going to get like a first period of like not too much scoring, not too much like offensive action because each team is kind of like feeling out the other team they're they're figuring out like weaknesses adjusting their game um playing defense you know really trying to kind of soundly go about their mm-hmm. game when you look at this first period i mean like the shots on goal were pretty even it was a fairly you know okay first period in my mind um and then and then comes in the second period, which gets things a little bit more exciting because fairly quickly into the second period, the Lightning do something that we've talked about before. Um, they uh, they let shorties be their shortcoming. Um, so they gave up that shorthanded goal as the first goal of the game for the Maple Leafs. Um, and so that was something that I think obviously frustrated this team and maybe in some ways Casey kind of spurred them on because they didn't let it defeat them. Yeah. I think the interesting part, probably kind of backtracking to the first period there had two penalties each as a team. Mm -hmm. So a big conversation revolving around that was the fact that there was no flow established. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really hard for either team to get into a structure 
and start generating in any way because then there was a penalty. Then one team was on the PK and nobody converted any power play goals in that first. So I think a lot of that frustration of not getting anything done in the first period that was very active first period, um, yeah. but just, you know, active in the wrong, in the wrong side of things with special teams having too much ice time there. What I will say is that I do agree with you. I think that I, and I've said this a couple of games now that their response has gotten better and stronger in terms of not counting themselves out when things like that happen. Shorthanded goals can be the first thing to kind of torch any momentum that they have or any confidence that they have. And uh, to respond, I think it was less than under three minutes later, they responded. And yeah. what I loved about it is that I think that different energy and different momentum swings come through depending on who scores. We talked about this in the last episode of Pucks and Bolts. So for them to get a shorthanded goal, the sixth, and for the Bolts to let up the sixth, six-handed goal of the season, that could have been extremely defeating. But then mm -hmm. you have, you know, Vladimir Nemestikov come in, a guy who's been itching to get a goal. Yes. He's been a silent warrior in many ways. I We've talked about him here on Pucks and Bolts because we were really excited about what he could do on this team, on this roster, because of the preseason that he had with the Bolts. Um, and the last preseason game, the only home preseason game because of storms and stuff, he had a hat trick. And you saw this chemistry brewing between him and Ross Colton. So you're wondering, okay, when are we going to see this again during the season? And I yeah. highly, strongly believe that now this is going to be the beginning of it. So under three minutes after the shorthanded goal, Nemestikov comes in and responds, gets a goal. You saw how much that meant to him. And, and not only that, but I mean, the yeah. fact that Anthony Sorelli is like on the assist with that and Anthony Sorelli's mm -hmm. right there setting him up. Oh my gosh. That just like made my heart so happy. A, to see Nemesikov get his first goal mm -hmm. this season in a lightning sweater. And then Anthony Sorelli in his first game back is, you know, the first assist on the lightning's goal in this game. Just such a special moment. So cool to see yeah. all around. I was really, really happy for the both of them. Um, really, really pumped to see Anthony Sorelli just like immediately come out, make an impact. Um, and him and Nemestikov, you know, they hadn't really, I mean, Anthony Sorelli hasn't played this season. So the fact that they're like playing well together and meshing first thing, that's mm -hmm. really, really I, I think it goes to two different things. I think, A, it goes to the coaching staff, to the structure, to the fact that they can switch up these lines and allow different people to play in different spots, and it's fairly seamless. B, mm -hmm. it just comes back to the fact that Anthony Sorelli put in so much time, so much effort. He's really ready to go. Um, it, it's not easy coming back from an injury, especially from surgery, um, but he put in the time, he put in the effort, he watched this game, the, these this team up to this point in the season. He understood what they're doing, their structure, how everybody fits in. And he came in, and because of all of that setting, because of all of that prep, he fit in seamlessly. Yeah, and I feel like it was his line to command because he's been a part of this team longer than the yeah. two other guys he's playing with on the third line in Ross Colton and Vlad Domestikov. So, you know, for one – that just tells you how well of a hockey player he is. But also it's a, that mental, like getting over that mental hurdle of that first bit of contact. Is your body going to respond the way that it did before surgery and stuff like that? And while Anthony Sorelli mentioned after the game, he was slightly nervous, but he just needed to get, you know, a few shifts under his belt. That's mm -hmm. what I thought was so timely about the way that the first period played out. 
And then how the second period came about, because he really did have a full period to get his legs underneath him, get back into game feel. And then you saw it just dial up a notch in the second period. While I think the Bolts took a step back in terms of how they manage second periods uh, versus the Maple Leaves, I think that in the bigger picture of things, Sorelli getting a chance to get back into the flow, seeing him be re-energized and just kind of contribute, not kind of, but to come back in and contribute to a, a very important goal was huge. But I love the rhythm that's starting to come in on that third line already. But because yeah. of who Anthony Sorelli is, because of the kind of player that he is, I almost don't expect anything less. He's one of the best two-way oh, players, yeah. in my opinion. Obviously a great four-checker, but when you are just as um, – when you can evenly distribute the attack as well as defend, then I feel like that you're one of those special players you can put anywhere. And we've seen that over the course of his career with the Lightning. You can put Sorelli on any line and he will contribute. So that Sorelli being who he is helped that decision play out so much easier. We weren't sure what line he was going to go on. We weren't sure how they were going to shuffle things up. And Ross Colton, they know his style. Him and Colton have played together before on a line. He knows how to read him. Nemesikov was just that other piece of what was going to happen there. And I think they've got a good thing going. So love the response time under three minutes. Anthony Sorelli collects the assist. Second assist goes to Eric Chernak, which is awesome. Uh, sometimes we know that Cherny can dial it up in the assist column as a defenseman. When defensemen get involved offensively, magic happens. We say that all the time here. Um, but it was that back and forth game. Coach Cooper said it was just a really weird game because while we're all very engulfed in the excitement of what was Nemestikov and Sorelli and Eric Chernak, well, towards the end of the second period, you've got William Nylander that responds and then takes it back to the lead for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's basically how that second period wrap, wrapped up. You know, Toronto gets two goals. The Bolts are kind of on their heels trying to make sure that they can tilt the ice back in their favor, level up the scoreboard. They fought hard. But I will say this entire game, they were trailing on shots on goal. They were almost forced to defend more than they were able to generate any sort of offense. Um, the only time of the game where they had more shots on goal was in the third period, and it was only by two shots. The biggest factor in all of this, Kaylee, for me, is that they kind of lost wind on how they managed second periods, but their faceoff percentage took a huge hmm. dive versus the Maple Leafs coming off of such a great face-off performance. One of the highest ones at 65% yeah. versus the Flyers. They now come in and fall down to, I think it was like 33.3% in face-offs. If I'm mm. not mistaken, but out of 61, yeah, 33.3% efficiency. And out of 61 um, face-offs, they only won 24 when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just not going to do it. That's not going to do very well. Um, and we and they knew that this is a good face-off team. You know, the, the guys that are on this, you know, Leafs roster, they, they can uh, do well in the dot. But Casey, something that you mentioned about the first period, I think also played into a factor in this period, uh, especially like, well, we saw... Uh, 
like this period was weird and that like towards the end of the period if i'm not mistaken it's it's uh there was like there were three penalties later in the period and then two more like right as the period is ending so as you get later into into this period it kind of stifled a little bit of that play because you had high sticking against Eric Chernak and then Eric Chernak roughing against the guy that gave him a high stick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you had holding against, or, or oh, no, excuse me. And then you had interference uh, on Nikita Kucherov. So they comes to a point in time where it's just like, all of a sudden, like the penalty box is just overloaded. There's like so yeah. many guys in the box yeah. um, towards the end of this period. And so it, it just kind of like stifled a little bit of play late. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels like the back half of the second period was just kind of a little bit of a wash because there were so many penalties. Um, like I said, there was three penalties at 17 minutes and then two penalties like just shy of the 10 second mark for yep. the, end, the end of the period. And so it just was like, Blech. like it was just not not super great Very there, was, well, there was no flow <clears throat> yeah exactly so even in the second period the flow like after five minutes up to 17 minutes so for like maybe like 10 15 10 12 minutes there was mm-hmm. like a decent amount of flow and then it just kind of came crashing down um and but- something else killed the flow too is that there was two goals that went under review and got called back one for the bolts and yes. one for the maple leaves so that's yeah, something it was else. A weird, it was You're such excited. a weird second period with all of those things combined. It mm-hmm. was a really, really weird second period because there was a lot of play stoppage yes. with all of that going on. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and it's just hard to get into a flow. It's hard to get overly. I mean, the team was energized because of everything else that was going on. The crowd was energized because of everything else that was going on. But yeah. on a normal night, this is such a weird second period. And it would have been, it, it could have killed momentum in a lot of ways. But Casey, the thing that I like the most is that the lightning didn't allow that to happen. In fact, the lightning made the most of it because even though there was a lot of like, weirdness and and not much flow in that second period especially like I said late in that second period coming Mm -hmm. into the third period the lightning take advantage and so they say okay well we just had you know some penalties right at the end of the second period at the very start of the third period another penalty this time a tripping against um Nikita Kucherov, like uh, Mitchell Marner had a tripping against Nikita Kucherov. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, the Lightning, they're going to take advantage. And this is where they must have had some type of conversation, especially because early on in that game on the power play, they let up that shorty. And they must have like looked at each other in the eyes and said, like, not again. We are not going to let this happen again. And then they came back, Casey, and within five minutes of that third period not only did they even the score Nikita Kucherov uh on assists from uh Steven Siemkos and Corey Perry with that first power play goal to even things up at the start of the third period 
-hmm. But then Ross Colton, that second power play unit, which we've seen a lot from Casey, that second power play unit is like really, really jiving right now. Ross Colton gets that goal to give the Bolts the lead at 434. So like I said, less than five minutes into that third period, the Lightning take a 3-2 lead on the power play goal from Ross Colton. And uh, and you have Sergi and Corey Perry assisting there. Both guys who we've talked about before, they're yeah. both getting into that scoring column more. They're both racking up some points, racking up some assists. And, uh, and, and we're seeing both of these guys contribute really, really well. Corey Perry, like you said earlier in this podcast, is really going off. And, uh, and like we've said before, Mikhail Sergachev, the fact that he's getting up in, in play and offensive action, it's just where he shines. He, he does a yeah. really, really good job there. So it, it, it's the lightning taking the most of their situation. It's like what we said early on. They didn't allow this to bog them down. They didn't allow it to stop them. In fact, I would say they actually fueled off of the fact that they gave up a shorty earlier in the game. And they said, fine, you know what? We gave up a shorty. We're going to make it back and we're going to score some points on this power play. We're going to do something and we're going to get this game, you know, in a, a, a good situation for us. And they did. They took the lead. Now they gave up the lead, but they did take the lead for a while. And, uh, and, and kudos to special teams. Casey, with that goal, the Lightning now have 27 goals for on the power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that leads the NHL. So they they are now leading the NHL in in the amount of goals that they have had on the power play. So really, really great for them and and good to see it. And I think the reason that you're seeing it is because both units are contributing. It's not just the the first line in this power play unit that's contributing, but it's that second line as well. And again, you saw it right there. Nikita Kucherov, first line, they score that first goal. Second line, Ross Colton scores that second power play goal. Really great to see. Yeah, and Coach Cooper even touched on it after the game. So great point there because he was kind of asked about the significance of the first unit versus the second unit. And Coach Cooper was just mentioning that they're both significant. They're both important. Um, a lot of that conversation coming within, you know, Victor Hedman was bumped down to the second unit. Then he went back up to the first unit. And it was kind of the structure that he implements and how he energizes both of those units mm. to kind of step up that much more. Then you got a guy like Sergachev who's getting in such a rhythm of flow and a leadership on that ice that's helping. So I think he's feeding off of Hedman. He's applying it to his game and now he can help get that second unit going and, and get in that contributing column. So it's perfect timing too, because we talk about how everything has to line up in the right timing. You can't just rely on one unit. You can't just rely on that top line. And we're starting to see more of a tidal wave of an attack come through Kucherov collecting his 11th goal of the year on that power play. I think that we always talk about how, we could talk about Kucherov a lot, but there's still so much to talk about when it comes to him and how he shows up and when he shows up for this team. Then you've got, you know, Ross Colton, who I think now is at back-to-back goals for the last two games that he's been in. And he hasn't had back-to-back goals and back-to-back games since like April. So now Colton's starting to get his feet underneath him. And we know how he can contribute when he's feeling more confident and feeling like he has a role to play on this team. Better yet to do it on special teams that was, you know, kind of the weaker end of their game a week and a half, two weeks ago. And it's wild to even call it a weaker point of their game at any point this season with them Mm -hmm. now leading the league in power play goals. So 
timing being everything here, this whole third period was revolved around special teams, you know, so in the period that they weren't racking up a bunch of penalties and being forced to be on the penalty kill and forced out of any sort of structure that they could have implemented. Now you have a third period where you kind of took special teams and, and, took control there. You played into the advantage of what it could give you and they made it work for them. So perfectly well put there. Both units starting to come to life there and perfect timing, I would say, on any of that. Mikhail Sergachev recorded his 19th assist on Ross Colton's goal. Um, Sergachev now leads the Bolts defenseman with uh, 23 points. So that just continues to show how he's striding game by game to increase his role here. He said that weeks ago. He wants to do whatever it takes to increase his role. He works on all points of his game. Um, Kaylee, the biggest takeaways from this game for me is that while it was a weird game, while the first period was trying to find a flow and then second period was absolutely no flow, heavily penalized, the highest penalized period of the night, um, the Bulls were outshot, I think 39 to 33. And it was actually their power play percentage at 33% efficiency after mm -hmm. six power play opportunities they had throughout the whole night. 11 power plays total between both teams. It's just a lot. It's a little too yeah. much. Uh, Toronto also had 31 hits to the Bolts, 20 hits, but it's that giveaway column that also rose. So there was just a few things that the guys got a little lax on. Face-off percentage yeah. took a five. The giveaways went back up. They had 10 giveaways to Toronto's five. But I think sometimes in the way that they play, and I got to ask Coach Cooper this before, you know, where is the line, uh, where's the discernment between a sense of urgency and focusing on staying within your structure. And it's kind of a tough line to manage depending on how your opponent is playing you. Because while they had 10 giveaways, they also had 14 takeaways. So four checking was good. Defending was good. There was just no ebb and flow. And that's what happens yeah. when you have different units, different pairings out there. Alex Kalorn said, we couldn't really find any chemistry between the lines because you weren't really out there with your line that much. So no. within all of this, I would say, you have to have these weird games to know where your team can stand successfully. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, to, to, to hint at Alex Kalorn's point uh, e even more, like, you know, you have Anthony Sorelli back, which, you know, again, like while it, you're really happy to have him back, it does throw a wrench a little bit in, in the line combinations. And so Anthony Sorelli, actually, when you look at like the total, you know, forward lines, he was, <laughs> He was accounted for th on three different lines. So he played for like 30 seconds with Alex Kalorn and Brandon Hagel. Mm -hmm. um, but then he played for like three and a half minutes with Pat Maroon and Vlad Nemestikov. And then he paid, played for three minutes. So actually he played the most with Nemestikov and Maroon. And then he played with uh, with Nemestikov and Colton for three minutes. So even with that, like it again, it's still just kind of weird because it's like there's still. And I think the reason that Cooper did that is because he's trying to see real game time action. Where does Sorelli fit in? You know, like which line should we have him on? Should we have him back with Kill Killer and 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 Hags? You mm -hmm. know, but then how, that changes the top line. And how does that change the top line? Like, do we do this? Do we do we put him with Maroon? Do we put him with Colton and try to get more? And I, and I think that you would use those two lines differently. Like when Anthony Sorelli is playing with Ross Colton, they're going to push the tempo a little bit more and they're going to uh, and, and push the offense a little bit more. But when Anthony Sorelli's playing with a guy like Pat Maroon, it's probably going to be a little bit more defensive minded. It's probably going to be a little bit more shut down. 
on and again anthony sorelli can play both ways but yeah. it's who he's paired with ross colton or pat maroon that can be the deciding factor and domestikoff was on both both of those lines with anthony sorelli and, and and he can play both ways as well so it was interesting because there was a little bit of uh you know, there wasn't as much rhythm, but again, I think that just goes credit to this, to this team, because even in a game where the, the flow lacks, there's not much rhythm. It's, it's a weird, I mean, overall, it's kind of a weird game. Like with, with just some of the penalties, with like some of the stoppages, with like the, the, the uh, goals getting called back. It's just a little bit of a weird game. Um, and then in the third period, you only have special team scoring. The Lightning score two power play goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, at about 12 minutes, you have the Leafs. Mitch Marner getting, uh, getting a power play goal to tie things back up. And then you have both teams kind of battling out, seeing what's going to happen. A-, a few good looks by each team late in the, in the game to, you know, to see who can win, who can take it. But uh, neither team can in regulation. So... We go to overtime, and Casey, I'm so happy about this because I have been calling this guy's name for like five podcast episodes, and I have been saying, I have been on killer watch, and I've been saying, Alex Kalorn, something is going to happen with him. I'm telling you, he's he's getting in the rhythm. He's getting, he's working it up. He has all these milestones that he can crack. He can pass Andre Palat. He can pass Tyler Johnson, he can pass all these people that he used to play with that he mm-hmm. loves. But he, Alex Kalorn, don't kid yourself. He's a he's a little bit of a cocky guy. He wants to be able to have some bragging rights. He wants to be able to say like, "I got your number." I'm yeah. I I uh, I came after you, and so Alex Kalorn gets the game winning goal. Casey, just like thirty seconds into overtime. It's uh, so great to see. So great to see. And it came up with a great pass from Anthony Sorelli. Uh, yeah, again, Anthony Sorelli. And of course, just love me an Alex Kalorn, Anthony Sorelli combo. I think they yeah. play so well together. And we didn't yes. really get to see very much of it during regulation. So the fact that we saw them together in overtime, and uh, and that was that 30 seconds. Remember whenever I said that Brandon Hagel, Alex Kalorn, and Anthony Sorelli played together for like 30 seconds. That was the 30 seconds that they played together. And uh, something beautiful came of it. Made all the difference. Absolutely. And it's nice too, because like we've talked about for a while here on Pucks and Bolts is, you know, you're starting to get some new guys in the conversation. And whether we think they got off to a slow start or however their start was, they're coming together at the right time. Um, we're getting slightly past that 25% in to the season now they're finding ways to win they're finding ways to win good games they're finding ways to win weird games this is probably the second or third very weird game they've had that other really weird one was the win versus the senators uh weeks ago so i think the biggest thing and another energizer for this victory for the bolts was the fact that what you said in the beginning there kaylee there's a lot of emotion that goes between these two teams stemming back to how playoffs rolled out if anybody watched playoffs there were so many games where people were just kind of like how the heck did the lightning just win they're still finding ways to win and it's a great point in the season to do that people are getting healthy lines are getting more established a little bit more concrete and if they need to adjust and create a different flow they're finding ways to do just that so a funky win for the bolts they increase their record to um what is it 15 Eight and one beating the Leafs. Yeah, 
three in overtime. Third in the Atlantic division uh, with 31 points. Um, so I, and, and, and because the Leafs are ahead of them in the Atlantic, I mean, again, just such a great win to, to, you know, be able to take on the Leafs and, and get that win. Now the Leafs have two more games played than mm-hmm. the lightning. So part of the reason why they have 36 points, lightning just have 31 is, you know, par- par- partly because of the, uh, the games played, they have more game 